in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute pleasure and delight to bring to you people from the world's contemporary Christian music and worship, well, from all over the place. And we're in the States again uh, this week, and uh, it's an artist who I'm not overly familiar with, I'll be honest, but I tell you what, I've been listening to a lot of her music recently and I've absolutely loved it. So before we meet the lady herself, it's going to be Sarah Kroger. Let's hear her first track. And this is What a Wonderful World. The colours of the rainbows absolutely wonderful track to start an interview with. Hey Sarah, how are you doing? I'm so good. It's so good to be with you today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Anyone who knows me from the new music update will know that I generally hate covers. I find covers, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I want to like covers because I know the artists put their heart into them, but covers, I go, oh, but I loved the original. So but your cover version has really inspired me. I love it. I'm, I'm changing my whole ethos now. Covers can be really oh, good. Man. So it, it, that was a fantastic <laughs> cover. So, so, so thank you for using that to launch Aww. the interview. Now, uh, yeah. this, this, this interview goes out across the UK uh, and also on our partner stations worldwide. And I, I guess some people will already be familiar with you. But for those of us who haven't really heard much about you and don't know your story, It'd be lovely if you took this opportunity to tell us who is Sarah Kroger? When did you meet Jesus? How has that changed your life? And where does music fit into it all? Wow, I love that. That's quite an intro. So I appreciate that. Um, and it's good to meet any of you that I've never come across before. So uh, I grew up in Florida. I had uh, a very musical household. My parents were both involved in music ministry from the time that I was, well, really before I even existed. They have been involved in music um, for many, many years. And so I grew up in a really musical household. We were always singing like Broadway musicals at the dinner time and um, always involved in church choir in some way, shape or form. Uh, a lot of when I was younger, what happened was I was forced into music lessons. <laughs> and now I'm incredibly grateful for that um, because that really laid the foundation for my love for music. And so I've always loved it, always um, sang and, and just had a love for music. But really, um, when I went to a youth conference in, I want to say I it was the middle of high school. I went to my... Okay, for your international listeners, oh. what age is the middle of high school? Okay, sorry. I always forget this. The middle of high school is about 17, 16 years old. 
Um, okay. Yes. So when I was about 16 or 17 years old, I went to a youth conference and Matt Marr was leading worship. And it was the first time that I had ever encountered his music, first time I would ever experienced contemporary worship. Um, I grew up in a Catholic household, so very traditional and very kind of by the book, if you will, um, from a liturgy standpoint uh, and from a faith standpoint. And so I had never encountered contemporary worship. And for the first time, it was like hearing this language that was new to me, but it was strangely familiar. And it felt like, oh, this is the language through which I can communicate to God. And it became this thing where I realized Jesus is a real person and wants an actual relationship with me. It was the first time that I actually realized that in my life, that faith was more than just about checking off the boxes, more than just about teachings or following a set of rules. It was a real person who wanted a real relationship with me and it changed my life forever. I've never looked back from that day. Um, and it truly was through the music. It was through this encounter with God through the worship um, that it kind of set me on a different course. And so up until that point, I had a gift for music and I loved it. Like I've told you, uh, like I already said, but I didn't know how to use it. And I was honestly terrified to sing in front of people. For many, many years, um, I was bullied a lot in elementary school. And so I think I knew that it was a gift and that it was precious, even though I wouldn't have necessarily at the time been able to say that that's what it was. I, I knew that it was a gift. And so I protected it. I, I kind of shut it down. I, I put up walls against people uh, just out of protection, out of self-protection. And I remember at that retreat, there was a youth leader who was speaking to the whole group, but it was as if he was just speaking to me. He said, if you have a gift from God and you're not using it, you're denying the glory of God within you. And I felt pierced to the heart. I knew that he was speaking directly to my heart, that God was speaking to me and calling me out and inviting me to think about this gift in a different way, to think of it as a sacrifice of praise, to think of it as um, a way to share a, a piece of God's glory with the world. And so it was after that, that I went back to my church and I started volunteering to sing on Sundays and I was terrified still. I mean, it wasn't like I woke up one day and it all went away. I was still extremely scared to sing in front of people and I would shake from head to toe. And I probably sounded like a dying animal. Of any kind. Um, and it was terrible for a very long time, but I kept showing up and I kept showing up because I was convicted that I needed to and that God was asking me to and little by little my confidence grew and um, it really wasn't until college that I started writing songs university sorry university age you got it yeah university university and after that I started writing songs and and kind of experiencing how to uh, communicate in a different way uh, the ways that God was working in my life and uh, and that's really what set the course for my career in this, um, in this space. And so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting when I look back on it to see all the ways that God has been at work along the way and, and all the opportunities. I, I feel like sometimes you look back on your life and you, or, or at least for me, when I was younger, when I became a Christian, I thought, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to become a Christian, then that means like, my life is going to be good. My life is going to be easy, right? Because I'm choosing something really good and beautiful. And it's, just not the case. Honestly, the gospel says 
very clearly that you're going to have to die to yourself and then it's not going to be always easy and that following after Jesus is a sacrifice and it's hard. I mean, he shows us how to do it on the cross and that that's what it this takes. And so when I look back on my life, um, I can see all the ways that God has invited me through my fears, through my doubts, through the things that terrified me to uh, to say yes, to still say yes. And the ways that he's invited me um, into that process, it wasn't just him presenting an opportunity and just handing it to me. It was really uh, kind of a, a partnership of sorts at all stages of my life. And at all stages of my career, it's been God inviting me in to say yes and and asking me to make that action. And and so it's really been just quite the journey. And it, uh, now I get to literally travel the world and lead worship and encounter Jesus through people and, and through song and, and prayer. And it's honestly more magical and dreamy and, and like the most amazing thing uh, that I've ever done in my entire life is to do this work. And it's incredible. It's just incredible to see the church alive all over the world and to experience Jesus alive in the world, truly. Wow, that's beautiful and amazing as well, because there you were age 16, 17, and you went to a youth conference and Matt Ma was there. And now here you are actually ministering in music, which is mm. exactly what happened to you that day where the music really connected you to something. And there is so exactly. much power in music and the lyrics take you on a journey. Even even non-Christian music can be phenomenally powerful. But when you combine Amen. when you combine music with Jesus and his presence, nothing beats it in my opinion. So um, so I I was brought up in, in the Anglo Catholic Church. Mm. Um, a, in my my experience was quite negative. There was a lot of strict rules, and mm. uh, it, it was it wasn't about relationship with God. But you you touched yeah. on there about realizing that actually Christianity was about relationship with God. Can you just unpack that a little bit for people who aren't quite sure what you mean? Who might be listening, tuned in by mistake? What do you mean about relationship with God? Mm. Uh, what I mean by that is quite simply that it is a relationship, just like any other relationship, there's ebbs and flows to it, that God is a real being, that Jesus is real, and um, that he wants access to your life, and he cares about your life. He cares about the decisions that you make and where you're going to go and the journeys that we take, and he cares about the little things and the big things and everything in between. He wants to be involved in our lives. And when we involve Jesus in our lives, things go better. It doesn't always go uh, the way that we plan it. And it doesn't always go the way that we want it to. And it doesn't always go in our timeline, right? But involving God in our life is always better than when we don't. And so I think it's just an opportunity to continue to say yes to him daily. Uh, literally, for what I've learned in life is that every moment is a choice to surrender more fully into the mystery of God or to take things into my own hands. Um, and so that's really a choice for all of us. We get to choose, am I going to involve Jesus in my life or am I going to try to take the reins? And I'm, I promise you every time I try to take the reins, it goes more poorly for me <laughs> um, because God has our greatest good in mind. And he is writing the story of our life um, far more beautiful than we could ever do on our own. 
And so I, I really do believe that it's this partnership with the Lord and it's this discernment of um, every step along the way, just inviting him into our lives. It always goes better. I, I don't have anything to add. What you've said is such a great synopsis of all that. <laughs> I'd like to go back to, to your mentioning where you talked about being bullied at elementary school. Because um, yeah. being bullied is just such a, a life-shaping experience for many people and it's not just people who get bullied at school people can get bullied in their jobs whatever environment you're in, you can mm. find yourself bullied as adults as well as kids and also sometimes our worst bully is perhaps ourselves as well um where we mm. pick on ourselves and and just speak negativity don't think the best of ourselves even though it's not true sometimes can you tell me about mm. the impact that bullying had on you and the work that jesus did to change that around it's so interesting because I, I, I totally understand and where you're coming from with that because I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's kind of been shocking to me actually to discover how things that I was bullied about in elementary school still come up in adulthood. I'm 35 years old and some of those old wounds and lies that, that people kind of launched at me when I was um, in fourth grade, like 10 years old, still are, are buried deep inside of me and still need healing um, and and have this way and this control over me in a sense. And it's it's crazy to me how wounds work in that way, but it's just true. It's just the the truth of us as human beings. Um, and so for me, for many years, I was um, made fun of a lot. I mean, I wasn't physically bullied, but I was uh, sometimes emotional emotional kind of bullying is just as as hard and difficult and just as impactful and stays with you just as long. and um, and so for many years, uh, I buried those things. I didn't face them. And what ended up happening is well into adulthood, um, you know, long after my initial kind of reversion to faith, you know, I always grew up in the faith. But when I had that encounter with Jesus in high school, I always call it a deeper conversion to my faith. And I, you know, well into adulthood, I was doing ministry. I was for all intents and purposes, I, I was married. I was well into my life, like establishing my life. And there was just these moments that I would have where I just kept coming up against a wall after wall after wall, even though I was a believer and everything it, it, from, from everything on paper, looking at my life, you would think, oh, she's good. She's all set. Like she's in a good place. But for some reason, I just could not get over this wall of comparison, this this trap of fear that I would have and just feeling lost. And I remember this moment, I picked up a book called Life of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. And for everyone listening, if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. It's a small read, but man, does it pack a punch. And it- Go on, say, say the name, say the name Life again. of the Beloved by Henry Nowen. Okay, I hope you got that home. If not, rewind this somewhere and, and listen again. <laughs> Life of the Blooded Beloved by Henry Nowen. Henry Nowen, Life of the Beloved. Great, okay. Let's just say it three times so that people get it. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the whole premise of this book is this idea that every day we're bombarded by these voices, the voices of society, of pressures, of lies that we believe, of fears that we have, of negativity, all these voices circling, telling us who we are, telling us that we have to accomplish a certain goal in order to be uh, value of value in this world, whatever it might be. All the voices are circling us every day, but what would it look like if we could still that noise and listen at the center of our being to that voice that calls us beloved, beloved one? What would it look like if we lived out of that truth 
versus the the lies and the fears. And I, I still get teary thinking about it because when I read that part of the book, it was like a light went off and my lightning bolt struck me. Honestly, I realized I have been allowing those lies that I've been told for years, those fears that those lies led me to believe, the bullying, all of the things, I've allowed those voices to tell me who I am rather than the voice of God um, tell me that I am beloved. And what would it look like if I could live out of that truth? And so I actively started living out of unbelovedness and actively started very intentionally trying to live out of that truth and it changed my life. It changed everything for me. And I've received healing through therapy. I've received healing from Jesus. I've um, walked through a lot of that. Just a lot of those past lies, like healing from those things, truly facing them and facing them for what they are, which is lies and works of the evil one and, and received freedom and healing from that. And I truly am a different person because of that. And my song, Belovedness, is really inspired by that journey. Well, I was going to ask you to do an introduction to Belovedness because that is the next track that we're going to play for you. Mm. I don't know if we need to add anything. What you said is lovely. Is there anything else you'd like mm. to say about Belovedness before we play it? Sure. You know, one thing that I think is so interesting as humans is that we're so quick to own the negative things about ourselves. You know, we're so quick to look at ourselves in the mirror and see all the ways that we're not enough that we're not um, as good as the person next to us, especially in this day and age of social media to fall into the comparison trap. And this song is truly about letting those things go and owning the truth of who you were made to be. That, that truth that nothing, nothing that you've done, nothing that anyone can say to you will ever take away the truth that you are loved by God, period. So that's what this song is about. He says you're mine, I smile when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my And that was Belovedness by Sarah Kroger. I'm so pleased that Sarah's here for the Arts Institute. Sarah, thanks for sharing a bit of your journey, a bit of the story of walking with Jesus and in bringing healing, even from things from so long ago, but the way they still affect us in our adult lives. That is an absolutely beautiful track. I love what it speaks about. So uh, it's, I'm going to listen to it some more and I've been listening to it all day long and most of the weekend, but I'm going to keep listening to it after this interview as well. If you're happy to, it'd be wonderful if you could pray for listeners right now. I would love to. God, we come before you wherever we are, wherever you're finding us in this moment, whether it's in our car, in our house, in the middle of a crazy day, 
we thank you for the gift of your presence that you meet us just as we are in this moment right here and right now. I pray that your spirit would just fall upon whoever is listening to this, that we would encounter your love in a new way in this moment. And God, that you would reveal to us even just a glimpse, even just a glimpse would be enough that you would reveal to us the ways that you see us, the ways that you delight in us, the ways that you love us, the ways that you've made us uniquely and wonderfully, the ways that you're weaving our lives, the things that you're doing behind the scenes, God, in this moment that we can't even understand or begin to comprehend. God, I pray for that person that is feeling at the edge of their of themselves, the at the end of their rope, the one who's having a difficult day. I pray that right now they would feel your embrace, their arm, your arms around them, and that they would know this verse, be still and know that I am God. Help us to know that you are God, that we are not, and that the safest place for us to be is in your hands. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sarah. Uh, if you're listening and you're not even sure who this Jesus is that Gordon and Sarah are talking about, just want to say, pop along. If you're in the UK, pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are many churches that would love to help you find more of God's love. If you're listening worldwide, then contact the station you're listening to this on and just ask the studio if they can put you in touch with a great church. I know they would love to do that for you. Wow. Sarah, thanks for that prayer. That really touched me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm quite happy to be honest about stuff. I'm, people who know me, they go, oh, Gordon's got his, all this stuff together. He's doing all this stuff. Mm. But also there's the side to us, especially as blokes, that we keep to ourselves a bit. And I was just reminded, um, do you know David's tent? Mm. Yes. Yeah. David's tent, seven, 72 hours of nonstop worship. Not everyone's cup of tea. Definitely my <laughs> cup of tea. Love it. So well, that's a nice English saying, cup of tea. Do you say cup of tea in America? Well, we kind of do, but we probably stole it from you. So. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, um, um, okay. Uh, David's tent, absolutely love it. And, uh, and there was a prayer ministry tent mm. uh, and I thought, oh, I might get some prayer. Um, there's some things going on in my life, could do with a touch of God, know what it's like. So, so I went along and the guy, um, the guy said, what, what does Jesus feel towards you? And, mm. uh, you know, I thought that's an interesting question. I didn't really know. He said, mm. he said just, just wait and see what God says. Um, so, I, so I thought, okay, I'm just going to wait for a moment. Didn't really know what to expect. Anyway, I suddenly heard the word compassion. I was wow. like, whoa, because I'm carrying quite a bit of pain because some situations beyond my control, which are yeah. hard. And then, and then hear that God feels compassion towards me. I'm like, wow, that is so helpful because sometimes you get a picture of God, God wants me to do this or to do that. He wants me to, and it wasn't yeah. about that. It's just, he wanted to let me know that he feels compassion and love in the situation that I'm walking through. So helpful okay. sometimes just to have a word like that and mm. the lyrics in your songs actually i think can also bring those sorts of words to people so um so thank you for thank you for well thank you for your prayer it blessed me enormously oh. so um anyway God. right 
let's let's see what else we can find out about you. So <laughs> you mentioned early on that you have travelled worldwide doing doing worship. So where have you been? Mm. That's well, maybe great- I should ask. Where are <laughs> apart from being in your car? Where are you right now? I am currently in Melbourne, Florida, because um, we live part time in Florida and part time in Nashville. Uh, we, or my husband and I, grew up in Florida moved to Nashville for music, but we try to escape the winters. It's terrible. We've turned into snowbirds. I really get it. I understand it. Uh, so we have escaped the winter and we are in the sunlight and it's amazing. Um, but no, I've gotten to travel the world, which is probably the most exciting bit and and the most unexpected um, part of this whole journey for me is I've always wanted to travel the world and I honestly didn't expect that by signing up to be kind of a music missionary of sorts um, and an art, a Christian artist, I, I just didn't expect that that would lead me around the world, but it has. I've gotten to go everywhere from Africa to New Zealand to Australia, Brazil, Panama, the UK, um, many times. Hey. Yes. Um, France. I mean, all, all over Europe, it's been wild and, and not to mention all over the United States as well, which is massive. So um, it's been a wild journey and I absolutely, like I said earlier, I absolutely love traveling because it shifts your perspective and it also makes you realize that God truly is at work in so many lives all over the world um, and in so many interesting and unique ways through different cultures and all, all kinds of things. It's, it's incredible to be able to experience that. So, What's been the most surprising thing that you've experienced with regards to culture? Surprising thing in regards to culture. I will say, um, well, I don't know if we can talk about this. So if I say this and then you're like, we shouldn't talk about that, <laughs> let me know. But I honestly was pretty surprised when I went to the UK because obviously we both speak English. Um, so I think I just assumed that it would be similar cultural wise with in regards to religion and Christianity specifically. But what's been so surprising to me is how hostile it is over there um, to be a Christian in in a lot of circles and um, how secular the culture is in the UK um, because it's very different. For In America, it's very popular to be a Christian, maybe not in all circles, you know, in progressive circles, maybe not, but for the most part, uh, Christianity is widely accepted as normal and you could be a Christian and be in politics and it's totally a normal thing. Um, but in the UK, it's not that way. And so I just think that that was a little surprising to me, but also just kind of interesting. And, and it leads to um, all different kinds of hurdles for Christians in the UK, you know? Yeah, I think that's... that's. I think that surprised me. Yeah, I think that's probably... um. Probably pretty accurate, actually. the The UK is definitely, <laughs> definitely not a, a Christian country. So, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're a hodgepodge of all great mix of all sorts of different things. But um, uh, right. I would say, yeah, there's a there's quite a bit of hostility to Christians within mm. the main thing right right now at the moment. There's a there's a, a big thing going on uh, between um, uh, someone who hosts a TV show and the Archbishop of Canterbury getting lots of press. Very negative um, really? about the church, yeah, and people saying, "Oh, it should." The, the, at the moment, you see, we have 
um, bishops who sit in the House of Lords. I'm not going to go too much into the political system, but people are saying <laughs> church people should never be involved in politics, kick them out. That's sort of the campaign that's going on at the moment in the UK, which is a shame because it's something that's been part of our culture and heritage that actually a lot of our foundations were built on Christian principles. Um, but uh, that, mm. that is definitely changing very rapidly. So, um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's an interesting observation. I, I, I can't say yeah. I'm happy about it, but I do agree yeah. the, the UK is not an easy place uh, to be a Christian. Yeah. And you'll be celebrated much more for not being a Christian and laughed at if you mm. are a Christian, I suspect. Mm. So, particularly on, on mm. the media, there's, it's, always, it's always good to, if you, if you yeah. do a comedy show, always make the Christian the idiot. So, um, uh, but there we go. Right. That's unfortunate. That is most unfortunate. This means that there's, it just means that there's more work to be done and hearts to be changed, you know, uh, and seeds to be planted. It does. If, if it's any help to you, if it will give you any encouragement, I would say that my church has been fuller than it's ever been recently. So that's amazing. Despite everything. God is on the move. So that's that's encouraging, Amen. I feel. This is the Artist Interview with Gordon T. So you're traveling around the world and you've mentioned all sorts of different countries, the language of which I do not speak. I'm guessing, therefore, you don't either. You're singing in English wherever mm, you go. For the most part. How does that work? Yes, um, I do. So my family is Hispanic. My mother spoke fluent Spanish. She didn't teach us a lick of it, but I have at least a familiar fam familiarity with how to pronounce um, Spanish words. And so sometimes I do sing bilingual songs um, in Spanish specifically, but then I, I mean, I've been to places where they speak Portuguese and I mean, all different kinds of languages. So a lot of it is I will partner with somebody like a worship leader in that area and we'll do a lot of bilingual songs, bilingual worship um, and so it just kind of works that way. Um, or a lot of those countries that I mentioned, I was there for uh, events that were for primarily English speakers in that country. So one event that I have done a few times is called World Youth Day. And it's um, a Catholic event where people where youth from all over the world, literally all over the world, gather in one particular location and they spend a couple days together just praying and interceding and uh, and meeting each other. And it's like so much energy and uh, always so much fun. And so at a couple of those places like Brazil, Panama, um, Lisbon is coming up for World Youth Day. Uh, there's English speakers at those events. And so I'll just lead worship basically for the English speakers, <laughs> um, but we're all, all mixed in. Yeah. So now, so lots of our listeners won't have the Catholic background. They won't know much about what's going on in the Catholic church at all. World yeah. Youth Day. Tell me roughly how many people do you think go to World Youth Day? It really depends on if the city is uh, easily accessible, but it could be anywhere from 50,000 to a couple million. Yeah. Show up. That's quite impressive that people are showing up. This is youth showing up to pray, praise, worship, get some teaching, be together, yeah. uh, worship God. Exactly. Absolutely phenomenal. And there's some amazing stories coming out of the events like World Youth Day. And God's mm -hmm. doing some extraordinary stuff uh, in the Catholic Church, which is just lovely. So, um, so um, for any listeners who, who don't know about God and the stuff that he's doing with the Catholic Church, it's great and you should find out about it so there, there's revivals there's very news of the holy spirit there's all sorts of stuff going um as with any church movement there's there's 
bits of the church which are going to be different and those things aren't happening. So I'm not saying that, yes. that's the same with probably most denominations as well. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not making a statement about Catholicism. I'm making a statement about God's love, which goes wherever is welcomed. Amen. So, okay. Hmm. Um, that's exciting. What's for you yeah. been the most astounding thing you've seen as you've been hmm. ministering worldwide? This is going to be a simple answer to that statement, because when you say astounding, sometimes it feels like, oh, it should be this big, uh, this big answer. Um, but for me, I think what just surprises me every single time that I lead worship uh, is just seeing people's hearts opening to God and transformed by his presence. That's literally what I do. That's what my job is. That's what my band and I travel the world doing is um, creating these environments for encounter and creating these environments for people to encounter the living God. And it is transformative every single time. It's new every single time. Every time I stand on stage and sing songs, it could be the same song everywhere that I go, but it's always new because God is always doing something new. It's a different crowd. It's a different setup. It's, the spirit is moving differently. Um, there's different situations that are happening in people's lives that are represented in the crowd. So I think that's just always astounding to me is the ways that God moves and the ways that we get to see it from stage. And, and even that is just a glimpse of what God is doing in someone's heart. I, there's often times where I don't get to hear the fruit of our ministry and our time together, but I know I know that I know that I know that God is moving. It's it's very clear, whether it's through emotion or tears or a testimony afterwards or whatever it might be. That just is, is astounding to me that when we ask God to come, he shows up every time. So that would probably be my answer. But you know what? You can't really argue with being in the <laughs> presence of God. If, if, if people's lives are being transformed, that is astounding. So it's, it's wonderful. There is so much... Yeah that people invest their time into that really doesn't make any difference to their lives mm. at all. And yet there's been things where I, I, I took a, a non-Christian along to a worship event. Bang. It just, just watching people worship, just impact him, to totally wow. changed him. He, he, he became a Christian and said, that's just amazing. I never knew. Wow. So, um, so it's a, it's a sort of thing where if you, if you put people and they see, uh, and feel God in a room, it, it, it changes them. So, um, so what, what wonderful thing your, your, mm. your job is to give people that opportunity. I'm, I, I'm jealous of your job now. That's, that's, that's cool. You have a pretty great job too. Oh, well, yeah, I can't argue that. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't travel the world that much. I just get to interview people around the world. So, um, but there we are. I'm, You're great at it. I'm in sunny Bournemouth. It's possibly one of the best places in the world. I love it here. So, um, I'd like to know about. Uh, your record label, um, who you signed with? Mm -hmm. Integrity. Okay, why did you pick Integrity? And why do they pick you? <laughs> well, um, it started with my A&R. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, artist representative. So he is one of my dearest friends now, and he found me randomly uh, through a Facebook message, through a Facebook post, and... Uh, contacted me, reached out to me. Um, I thought it was crazy at first. I thought I was like, there's no way that this is legit. Someone's emailing me on Facebook about a label, like, <laughs> and they want to meet with me. This is not real. 
I never really sought to be with a label. I just thought that that was impossible for me. A, a girl from a small beach town in Florida, Catholic, you know, that that's not going to happen. I would never be with a Protestant um, or just non-denominational major label in Nashville. Um, and yet God had other plans. And so he reached out to me and we had coffee a few times and talked about my dreams and my heart for the church and integrity. What I love about them is that they are focused on the global church. Um, they are focused on servicing and, uh, and helping to bring about songs that serve literally the church. It's not necessarily about like having a massive radio hit or, or just touring in the States, which that's uh, an industry in and of itself and a ministry in and of itself. It's not inherently bad or anything like that. But what I love about integrity is that they really are focused on the church. Um, and so that's been probably the biggest reason why I signed up with them is just because I align with their mission of trying to serve the global church and, um, and reach people, you know, whether they go to a massive mega church or, they have like 50 people on a Sunday and they're just trying to worship God and they need a new song that would work for that environment. And so that's really what I love about them and, and why I love continuing to work with them. So we've been together for, for just a few years now. Um, and it's been a really sweet partnership. You know, one of the things I love about integrity is not only they're in Nashville, but of course they're in the UK here in, in sunny Brighton, not too yeah. far down the road on the coast. So have you, when you come to the UK, do you get to go down to Brighton? I do. It's amazing. I want to spend more time there though. I need to spend more time there. Okay. What's your favorite place in the UK? I mean, I love London, obviously, but I've also spent a lot of time. Um, some of my friends over there, Neil and Becky, shout out to Neil and Becky, if they're listening. Um, We've done a lot of ministry with them over the years in the UK, and they live in a small town called Long Buckby. It's very UK sounding, Long Buckby. Um, and it's in the countryside, and it is just quintessential, like British countryside, lovely. The homes are brick and just so, so sweet, especially for an American experiencing that. Uh, for the first time was like, am I walking in a fairy tale book? You know, it was incredible. So I, I really love like the small English, English countryside um, towns. They're just beautiful to me. So I'm sure it gets old over there, but for me, it, it never gets old staying in one of those, one of those towns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're right. When, when you have something on your doorstep, you don't appreciate it as much as mm. um, as if you probably travelled and make the effort to go to it. Because someone was yeah. telling, like, saying they were thinking about going to Stonehenge recently, and I mm. said, oh, I think you'll get bored after about half an hour. It's just a pile of rocks. So, <laughs> which, which probably because I've just been to it quite a lot of times when I've been driving past. It is quite interesting yeah. actually. But but if you've seen it before, you go, well, you know. Mm. So, but yes, uh, country country sort of villages they are quite yeah. quaint. They're um, so cute. Okay. Tell us about your albums that you've produced um, with Integrity. Uh, what, what's the album situation for you? Yeah, so the first project that I did with them, um, they just licensed a few of the songs, and that was an album called Bloom. And then uh, the most recent album that I released was an album called Light, and we released that in the midst of COVID, which uh, was interesting because that meant that I couldn't really tour with it. I couldn't sing those songs, which is with people, you know, which is the whole point of what I do is to lead worship with people. And, um, and it was incredibly difficult. Like I would do multiple virtual events where I would be leading worship, but it was so, 
it was so weird because you can't hear people singing with you. You can't uh, like feel the energy of the room and feel, feel the Holy spirit moving. The Holy spirit was definitely present still and, and showed up multiple times and, in beautiful ways that impacted me. So it wasn't like it was impossible and like God wasn't moving, but it was just not what we're used to, you know? Um, and so I wasn't really able to tour with it, but that just means that we got to live with the songs a little bit longer. So over the past year, as we've started, as touring has picked up a bit more, we've been playing those songs out. And, and then this newest album that I'm about to release in later this spring is called the London sessions. And those are seven songs that um, have either come from my album light or a couple of other projects that I've like side projects that I've been on with integrity. One is called faithful, which is all women authors and songwriters. And we released an album a few years ago. And then another project is called revere. Um, so it's seven songs from various projects that I've been a part of, or songs that I've been a part of writing over the past two years. And it's live versions of those songs. So my band got together and was just like, how do we want to arrange these songs? How would we play them live? And we recorded that. So uh, it's pretty exciting for me. It's my first live record. And also it came at the end of my first tour in the UK with the band. And so that was really exciting. It just kind of marks this really special time in my life, in my career. And I'm really excited for people to hear how it turned out. We recorded it just outside of London at a place called Stable Studios and it was just beautiful. It really was powerful time. And so that's going to come out later this spring. Wow. Okay. For people who are listening to this, just to give some time context, because you might be listening on playback in years to come. Who knows? So we're recording this in February 2023, and it will release um, March 24th, I believe. Uh, actually, I think it's April. April 24th. Well, if it's April... Well, let's, let's say, you know what we'll do? We'll do what you did. Spring 2023. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go. That, that, that's yeah, I, spring twenty twenty three. Either March or April. Either way, it's really worth listening to. I I've been very privileged to actually have a, a little sneak listen, and it's just <laughs> some fantastic music. People are really really going to enjoy it. So it's going to bless people's Thank socks you. off. So definitely, I'd encourage you guys to to keep a lookout for it. In fact, that's probably useful for us to find out how do people connect with you. Where do they find you online, etc. Yeah. So um, my handle on Instagram, which is where I spend most of my time. The these days is at S K R O G E R. So that is at Sarah Kroger or S Kroger. Um, and then on Facebook, it's just Sarah Kroger music. Um, my website is Sarah Kroger.com and you can find my tour dates and updates on there. Um, that's the best way to stay in touch with me though. And then all of my music is on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, all the things. So you can just search for my name and it'll come up on any of those. Easy peasy. So talking <laughs> of tours, let's quickly check. Have you got any plans to come to the UK again? Mm, that is in the works. I don't have any official dates on that yet, but we are looking at uh, either May of this year or October in, uh, in the fall. So we're hoping to come back and do another round of shows and, and yeah, just be on the lookout for those dates because we are working on that right when now. When you listed countries earlier on you didn't talk about canada do, do you hate the canadians <laughs> not at all no not at all sometimes i uh i'm not gonna say that i was gonna say <laughs> sometimes 
I don't forget about Canada, but it's on our side of the world. And so it's just like popping up to Canada is like, it's just there. Yeah. It just feels like it's a part of our section of the world. It is, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, well worded, a part of your section of the world. Definitely not part of the United yeah. States, just to be clear. Definitely not. Just to be clear. No, no, definitely not. It is completely different, even culturally. And I do love going to Canada. It's such a special place. And the people up there is, are amazing. Everyone that I've met so far. So love going to Canada. We just haven't been in several years um, because of restrictions and such. So hopefully um, that will start picking up again soon. Okay. Okay. Possibility of the future. You mentioned Australia earlier. Yeah. Have you got plans to go back to Australia? That is also in the works. We don't have official dates on that yet either, but okay. over the last couple of years, we've been trying to build that um, possibility because a lot of my listeners are over in Australia. So if you're listening in Australia, we're trying to make our way there. <laughs> Yay. Okay. That would be, that'd be nice. I'm sure people would be excited. Our Australian listeners at least. Yeah. So, but, uh, but I'm assuming then if you're talking about tour, you're going to be touring in the States somewhere. Where's your favorite place in the States to go? Oh man. I always love going to New York, um, New York city. My husband is from the area. And so I have a connection to it because of that, obviously, but also I just honestly love New Yorkers. Uh, I think they get a bad rap a lot of times in movies, you know, for being like blunt or harsh. And they are just some of the sweetest people, in my opinion, um, to lead worship for and to be around. And so every time we get to go to the city, honestly, it's like so exciting and full of energy and life. And I just love doing shows up there. So New York probably is my my top. And then also California for obvious reasons, because the weather is always amazing out there. Uh, and there's so many people and it's also very alive in California. It always feels like when I go out there, it's like going to a different country or something. So Okay. That's pretty cool. In fact, it's interesting. You, you said that maybe films and Hollywood and things have given New, New York a bad name. As soon as you said that, I had this picture <laughs> of, of a yellow cab pour, pulling up outside a skyscraper, me trying to get into the cab and someone jumping into the cab from the other side and the cab disappearing. So you're right. There is there, Movies have probably said lots of disparaging things, which I'm glad that you have set the record yeah. straight. Some of the nicest people. There yep. you go. That's yeah. good news. Good news. So, okay. It's true. Let's, let's quickly find out about you and the Bible. What is your all-time favorite Bible story and why? That's a really good question. I thought you were going to say my favorite Bible verse because I was like, okay, I'm going through my favorites right now. My favorite Bible story, you know, it's actually changed recently because I just went to the Holy Land for the first time in May. And so as you've probably heard many times or people have heard others who have been to the Holy Land say, it just makes scripture come alive in a new way when you've been to literally the hometown of Jesus. And so right now, honestly, what I love is when Jesus is anywhere near the Sea of Galilee, because I can picture it in my head. I can picture the exact same view of the mountains and the water and these places where he literally did these miracles and found his disciples. And it's just, it's wild to me. And so I think, I think it's really just that right now that I, that just gets me excited. And obviously the miracle stories of Jesus are always so incredibly powerful and impactful, but yeah, I think just right now it's, it's being able to read a story and literally physically um, put myself in the scene that is probably my favorite thing to do right now that 
It's pretty cool. Okay, I've not been. I've missed out. <laughs> and what what is what is purely coincidental was only this morning I was chatting with my mum about the time she went on a tour of the Holy Land and all the different places they went, and it, they said it was amazing to think that these are the places exactly like you're saying that Jesus stood. I think you should you should lead a pilgrimage for your listeners. Well. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's interesting? In the States, you guys do a lot more of that sort of thing because I have seen yep. I have seen cruise ships where where <laughs> like, like contemporary Christian music artists and radio hosts and all sorts of things go, yep. go off and take over a cruise ship. Yeah, just just so you understand that the, the slight difference between the UK and the, the States, right? If I if I try to arrange this, right, I'm going to have to go down to the local town, which is like a little little sleepy port, and say, could I hire your nicest, nicest boats taken a cruise. And they'll say, yes, of course you can. Uh, it'll fit 20 people on. It'll be 200 quid. Uh, we got it back by four o'clock for tea. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same feel as those luxury liners that they do down, down off Florida, is it? So, um, it's, I get that. It's, I get it's that. sweet of you. To, I think the UK, perhaps because of our culture that we, uh, that the nation is not quite so Christianized as you guys. Yeah. The budgets aren't the same. That's probably the most polite way to that. put it. <laughs> so, but thank you. I get and, that. And now, I, at this point, I'm going to just say, if any listeners happen to own a luxury liner and they're thinking, what a great idea. I'd love Gordon to take a, a bunch of people on a cruise to the Holy Land. Just get in touch with the station. <laughs> we'll get that sorted. So you never know what doors he opens. Sometimes the craziest things can happen. Um, <laughs> Amen. And, and if you're listening in the States and you're one of the people who arranges those luxury cruises, then remember that Sarah recommended that I could be maybe one of the hosts on one of those things. I'm not opposed to it. Great suggestion. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. I think I've gone off topic. It's all gone a bit silly, but, but thank you. So now a moment ago, I asked you about the Bible and you thought I was going to ask you the obvious question of what's your favorite Bible verse. And I feel now that seeing as you actually did use some of your gray matter thinking about your favorite Bible verse, I should actually ask you, what is your favorite Bible verse and why? Mm. One that always sticks with me is from Exodus 14, um, be still and the Lord will fight for you, uh, or the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still because there's many, I, there's many times in my life where I just struggle with control. If I'm being honest, I am a bit of a control freak and I like to know what's going to happen next. What's going to be the next chapter where, where do I need to take a right or a left on this road? What, where are we going? What's, what's going to happen? And, um, there's just many, many times in my life where, uh, that just gets me more into trouble than, than good. And so I am consistently trying to surrender to the Lord in my life. And so that verse just reminds me, um, to be still, to rest in his arms, to surrender myself and my life into his arms. And just like I had said in the prayer earlier, the safest place for every situation in my life, for every decision, for my heart, for my desires, for my dreams, the safest place for all of that to be is in the hands of God and in his will. And so I think that that's just why that verse always sticks with me is allow the Lord to do his work um, and, and allow yourself to rest in his presence. So Sarah, that really nicely leads in to the final track that you've chosen for us. Uh, the track is called The Detour. Tell us about that track. Yeah. So this song came from uh, the project that I was a part of called Faithful. And 
basically what we were doing at the time was studying different women in scripture and God's faithfulness to them. And so the fellow writers and I um, were assigned Elizabeth's story. And what's so interesting is, you know, you hear these Bible character stories often when you're a believer at church, you, you revisit the story often, but you don't often fill in the context of their story and what that would have meant for them. So for Elizabeth, at the time, she was married to a Jew- Jewish priest. She was a faithful woman for all intents and purposes, but she wasn't given a child. She was barren. And back then, that would be seen as God's favor is not on you. God's favor uh, is not on your life. And there's some reason for that. And so to sit with her story and think about this woman who is incredibly faithful and loves God and just wants to do his will, but that that cloud is just over her, that I'm assuming desire for a child is looming over her. Um, And to think about that waiting and how much pain that must have caused and ache in their lives. And then all of a sudden in God's perfect timing, literally, he gives her John the Baptist to prepare the way for Jesus's life. Like it, it couldn't have happened at any other time. It needed to happen at that moment that he fulfilled his promise to her. And, and so that's really what this song is about. It's about the waiting that happens in every one of our lives. And do we wait in hope, knowing that we are safe to hope and that God is at work? Um, or do we wait in fear and anxiety and doubt, trying to take control, trying to uh, take control like uh, Abraham and Sarah, like Sarah did, which did not bode well for her um, in her situation. Um, do we wait with patience and and trust that the Lord is working behind the scenes in ways that we can't even fathom? So that's what this song is about. This And that was The Detour by Sarah Kroger. And thank you so much to Sarah for sparing time today to join us on The Artist Interview. I hope you were blessed by it. I certainly was. Uh, There are many other interviews that you can listen to. Just search up The Artist Interview on your favourite podcast platform. I'm your host, Gordon T. I look forward to joining you on the next episode. God bless. to the artist interview a hope fm podcast find us at hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview